Hey guys, it's Graham, and we're bringing you another Lost episode tonight. It is our episode on the film Christmas Evil from 1980 that we actually recorded last December in 2017, but unfortunately never got around to uploading. As a special bonus, it also includes our favorite films of 2017. We'll be back next week with our favorite films of 2018 as a standalone podcast, but until then, please enjoy Christmas Evil. It's time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine, but there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. So, welcome to our <laughs> Christmas episode of Death by Video. Sponsored Woo! by Miss Vicky's. Mm-hmm. We have... Oh, you're listening. <laughs> Never mind. No, no, keep going. So, In the lane, snow is glistening. glistening. We wish. Next week, supposedly. Walking in a winter wonderland. Oh, we're getting snow. All right. So, uh, we have gathered here in the um, the uh, old abandoned video store somehow the classic cardboard Coca-Cola cutout of Santa Claus has m- mysteriously appeared in front of us so we are gathered here surrounded by some Christmas shortbread cookies he looks rather jolly he always does and moldy yeah he's been in moldy. the basement for a while mm-hmm. there's a glass of milk but it's like turned into yogurt now <laughs> yeah Greek yogurt sour milk mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, yeah we also have a, po- a, a box of Pot of Gold Chocolates, the Canadian tradition, which we'll be digging into while we watch tonight's feature film, Christmas Evil. Now, first of all, I'm Graham. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And on this very special Christmas occasion, we have the Soviet Union's finest export, the spirit of Christmas, the angel on top of our tree, <laughs> the one, on. the only, on. Lillian. Yay, we're all here together. Okay, now I have not seen Christmas Evil. One of us has. Who has? Me. That's Phil speaking, whose beard is getting almost epic at this point. It has become a dark forest of, like, mystery and intrigue. Lillian's Christmas sweater is awesome. She it has, is, I agree. She has one of the few, I have to say, good Christmas sweaters. It is not an ugly Christmas sweater. We are not being hyperbole. I'm not speaking with hyperbole. It is a... fuzzy. Yeah. And sequency. It's like when I saw it, it was just like, oh, this truly is Christmas. And it's going to be a good one. Um, all right. So, guys, what have we watched since we last uh, recorded, Phil? Oh, we uh, we went to, we rewatched uh, The King of New York. Oh, on Glorious 35mm. Yeah, that was me and... I'm sorry I missed that, guys. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me and Phil went. Uh, Phil was a surprise because I was there by myself. Oh, bye, my. Myself. And then as the, as the lights darkened, all of a sudden someone sat beside me and I heard, hey, Graham. And I was like, oh, it's Phil. Aww. <laughs> Your heart just 
I came in just right under the wire. Nick of time. Nick of time. Yeah, and it was such a good, like, it's so good to see those old films on, on 35mm, because mm-hmm. it's just a warm, nice feeling. Christopher Walken is, like, the best guy. I love how he's, like, the first politically correct gangster, because everyone else around him is all, like, racist and whatever, and he's just like, hey, 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 hey. We're going to shoot everyone bad. And then just sell cocaine to finance this hospital. It's going to be great. Yeah, he's a philanthropic gangster. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a lot of this film a few years ago, and it did like amazed me. I was. It's got everybody in it too. It's like a great film. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. before they were famous, like Steve Buscemi is in the in the opening. Uh, Wesley Snipes before he broke big. Uh, that redheaded dude from NYPD Blue is in it. David, David, Caruso, David Caruso from now better known as from Jade. Kiss of Death. I, I was gonna say. Uh, not NCIS. CSI. CSI Miami. Where With, he does the gla- like he'll say something and then he'll dart, or, yeah, and then he'll and then put on like sunglasses and then like go yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Who's won't get fooled again, of course. You'll never Which, get fooled. No, again. This time, again. <laughs> Sorry, fuck. I was gonna screw it up. Or maybe he left NYPD Blue because he was like, I'm gonna have a big film career, and then it nope. didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that he what happened? Get, you, yeah, he, he had no film career. I, no. I, I, I think he the film that I mentioned, Kiss of Death, with Nicholas Cage. He did Jade. He did um, tanked. He did Mad Dog and Glory, right? Yeah. And he did a movie. Grandma was telling you about it uh, after I watched it. I forget what it's called, um, but it involved like an insane asylum, and him and these guys had to go in. Oh, and was it Session Nine? Yes, yes. They had to do. Oh some, yeah, he like, was in Session Nine. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was all right. I know that film very. I I know of that film. I actually that's one of the like few blind spots in my film watching that I don't. I, I just don't know it unfortunately. I haven't yeah, seen it. It's kind of like I don't know. I think it's more recent, but it's, it's late nineties. I think it's it, early two thousand. following. It yeah. played in Munch at it's, the it's Munch like a reality film. TV thing or something. No, 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 no. That's right. that's another one called like Section Nine. But no, Section Nine. Ah. It came. It played at the um, Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal in two thousand and one. Um, what else have you seen, Phil? Uh, I saw three billboards. Oh. Spoiler alert! Uh, I will well, get to it later. Yeah, don't don't spoil it. I want to see that. I think it's just down to me and you, Kit. You guys saw it already. I I saw it at TIFF this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I heard really good things. Phil doesn't have really good things to say about it. Oh, really? No. Huh? So, so uh, in between in between Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges, where would you put this? At the bottom. Oh, <laughs> lower than Seven Psychopaths. That's yeah. Not... I, I did not like Seven Psychopaths either, but I, I didn't. I didn't, didn't finish no, I didn't it. Like yeah, it. I was like, I I don't know. I expected more. Is it Sam Rockwell? Is he just ruining Martin McDonough's movies? Or uh, I think so. He's particularly uh, not good <laughs> in. Uh... Mm-hmm. And see, I'm not overreacting because like I I loved Three Billboards, but um, it's okay to be wrong, Phil. So we'll just <laughs> thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Well, Who's, you said Francis McDermott's in it, right? Francis McDonald, McDormand, yeah. And, um, McDonald, McDormand. McDermott, yeah. McDermott, McDonald, McDormand. McDormand, yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell and um, Woody Harrelson. Does he dance in it? At all? Sam At Rockwell? At any point? No. Oh, that's a, that's a first. <laughs> Do you know that he dances in every movie, right? Yeah, he's like the 21st century John Travolta, yeah. 21st century Christopher Walken, even. True. Oh, yeah. um, it also had... Um, is it John Hawks? Is that his name? Yep, John Hawks. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite actors. Love John Hawks. John Hawks, yeah. John Hawks, number one in, my, in our hearts. He plays a really terrible character in that movie, though. 
Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Cool. And there's a late reveal of uh, Clark Peters. All right, mm-hmm. don't don't spoil this film. Maybe we should stop talking about it. Maybe we should it. change the subject. Sorry, Kit. Yeah, I'll stop talking about it. Anything else, Phil? Uh, I finished watching Friday the 13th Part 5. Ooh, what did you think? I wasn't into it. Like, it's a, quite a step down from Friday the 13th Part 4. Oh, yeah. I like it because it's so different. It was actually a former uh, former pornographic film director that mm-hmm. directed it. It's, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it just has this, like, it, you just feel that, like, you need to, like, rub everything in that film over with the towel to just get all the sleaze yeah. off of it. Yeah. It is a very sleazy, mm-hmm. like, almost like an outlier in the Friday the 13th series. Mm-hmm. Way more, sl- I think the only thing as close in sleaziness would be uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Because of the tense scene. What's the breakdown in five again? Refresh my memory. So number five, uh, you see adult Tommy Jarvis. Uh, he's in the halfway house, and uh, he's teen Tommy Jarvis. Okay, well, I guess they're the all teens, teens in that house. Yeah. Is that the one with like the hillbilly family? That's yes. Kind mm-hmm. of, right. right. <laughs> the, the, Mother kind and of son. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of weird, weird plot because because without Jason, the film is almost kind of rudderless. Mm. It does feature the awesome song. Uh, there's a man with no life in his eyes. With more excellent dance moves. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I know. That's that's. I really do think like part four and part five had great dance sequences. I still I still watch the Crispin Walken one like regularly. That's, that's what you want from your slasher films. <laughs> you mean Crispin Glover? Crispin Glover. Sorry, not Christopher Walken. Crispin Walken's in my mind because of uh, King of New York. King of New York. And he has some great dance moves in that one as well. Anything else, Phil? Are you done? Um, I think that's it. All right. Three movies to fill. Kit. What have you seen? I, I've been uh, neglecting my movie watching duties. I'm afraid. I've just been like. You've been watching television. Yeah, I've been binging on um, Nathan for you. That's quite good. Na- yeah. Nathan. Uh, Nathan Fillion? Fielder. Fielder. Fielder from from um, t- twenty two minutes. From hours twenty two minutes. Yeah. Although don't you know don't let that ruin your impression. Mm-hmm. It's actually funny. Yeah. I like twenty two minutes. You, really? Yeah. Still. Who? It's like. All right. Have you watched <laughs> the current season? No, I don't want to. Kid hates Canada. No, it's Hashtag. just it's crummy, cheesy. It's crummy? like Air Force. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, like it. It hasn't been good for a while. I agree that the early '90s, the '93 to '96 period, was their best when they were like super hardcore. When they had Rick Mercer and stuff yeah. on there, and he was actually when they, still when they good. maintained the the myth of actually being a news program when they all had fake names. They all had fake names. And the stuff. best Mary was Cindy Shabizinchik. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that was the Kathy Jones character. Yeah, that was Kathy Jones. Um, Mary Walsh was, I can't remember. I can't remember either, but like uh, J.B. Dixworthy was Rick Mercer. <laughs> Greg told me, I forget what his name was, but it was something like, something Thompson, I don't know. But Anyway, uh, that's what I've been binging on. Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen He's, the first Nathan Fielder is actually in The Disaster Artist. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I thought yeah. you saw it. I thought you saw the disaster. No, artist, I haven't. But you haven't seen the room. I I haven't seen the disaster artist, and I'm thinking I should watch the room. First. Spoiler alert! I think we're going to do a uh, upcoming podcast. Yes, that's going to be our New Year's podcast. Will be the room featuring a very special guest. The cat is out of the bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot that I had watched Creep last weekend with Mark Ooh. Duplass. Creep or Creep Two. The original creep, I believe. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've, I've meant to sit down and watch that, but anytime I turn it on, I'm like, oh, it's found footage. Off. Um, you, you think that, but it works. I've heard that. I've like, I get it. It's yeah. so bare bones, but it works. Like, there's a bit of an over-reliance on jump scares, but I enjoyed it. Cool. Anything else, Kit? No, no, that's it. <laughs> cool. I've got Get Out on the docket, but I just haven't had Yeah, but you haven't had a t- chance Looking to pull forward the trigger. To that one. Yeah, yeah. 
Lillian. In the past, uh, since we last recorded, what have you seen? I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh, man. I can't. Do you want to? What, what have you seen, Graham? Maybe I'll... Uh... Okay, let's oh, break yeah, Graham up. reaches for his book. I'll That's... bring the notebook really slowly, so I'll try and recall. Should, I should really write when, do, when did we last record? Hmm. It was... November the 17th, which would not make sense for the people listening to this podcast because we recorded our episodes out of order. Finally watched um, Harold and Maude. Nice. Lillian for the win on that one. Yes. Nice. Yes. Never seen it, but um, I think every woman I've ever met loves that film. Every woman? Only? Sure. Well, I don't know. It's a lovely movie, isn't it? Both of the men you know like it. Okay, I just check it out. Yeah. Just I'm just, speaking for Phil, but yeah. If you okay, if you have a if you have a time it, where you just, just want to like it's something I noticed. It's like when you ask, uh, you're in a, a, a mixed um, gender um, edit edit. <laughs> Stumbling uh, my words mixed there. Gender. <laughs> mixed gender group. When you're talking to a, a group of people, co-ed. Thank you. Yeah. That's the term I'm looking for. Don't be so gender binary, guys. I'm not he trying to be mixed. That's what he means by mixed. A uh, hodgepodge. Sure. Hodgepodge. Yes, when you're in a gender hodgepodge. Gender hodgepodge. And uh, you ask people, oh, Hashtag what's your favorite film? Which is a copyright. stupid question to ask, like, what's oh, your favorite film? It's usually in flux. The women always offer, well, not always. I'm, I'm being um, generalizing now. But um, more women than men always say uh, Harold and Maude. I did not know that. And I'm like, I, I've got to see this film. It must be good. It is. Like, if you kind of just don't know what to watch, and you're just kind of like, let me, let me go away for a minute and just be kind of like blown away like you know just let me just go away for a little bit put on Harold and Maude it's like just it'll take you right away right I, that's the impression it yeah, gave I haven't me. watched it since high school I remember watching it was watching. really nice yeah. it was like a warm blanket that just mm. I don't know too much Cat Stevens on the soundtrack though yeah yeah that would be is that a thing you can have too no, much the Cat whole Stevens the soundtrack was pretty much Cat Stevens but, but you know what it was appropriate of the era and it had a couple of great moments oh it had so many great moments it was it... I meant the Cat Stevens soundtrack <laughs> the whole movie is great yeah anyway yeah, um, I'm drawing a blank on the rest, but I'm, if I remember them, maybe I can shoot them out. But go ahead, Graham, what did you watch? What did I watch? Let's turn to the big blue book here. What did you not watch? Yeah, I think that so, would be a shorter list. Let's see. So I watched the uh, 1969 uh, sexploitation film Space Thing, which was not very good, quite dull. But it, it was interesting because um, this character who is not a human adopts a human form and goes onto this spaceship full of mostly women as they're exploring the galaxy. And it, the, some of the dialogue was really funny because it was just like this guy who's like not a human being is like, I don't know what Officer Sarah Loungen chair was trying to do when she rubbed her body against mine. For some reason, she seemed to have fallen out of her uniform. So just lots of dumb stuff like that. It wasn't very good. It was 70 minutes long, so that's uh, that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, so Space Thing, not very good, but only 70 minutes long. And it was released by the great people at Something Weird Video, um, who are personal heroes of mine. Uh, then I watched the Jim Jarmusch film, his latest film, Patterson, which I dug immensely and I highly recommend it. It is the story of a uh, bus driver who writes poetry in the town of Patterson, I believe New Jersey. And, uh, yeah, it's quite good. Oh, Kit, you were leaning like you had something to add? I was, I was going to add a stupid point. I'm like, that's with Adam Driver, just to sound It is smart. with Adam Driver, yeah. As a driver. As a bus driver. 
<laughs> I like sounding smart on the podcast. And his name is Patterson. Mm-hmm. Very uh, subtle. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then uh, I also saw the film, which I'm going to just put down right now, the greatest film, not just of the year, not just of the last five years, the last 10, 20, probably of the 21st century so far. You ready, guys? Justice League. No, oh. no, it's not the best film. No, not at all. It is a hot mess of mixed tone and character. It looks like a hot mess. Mm-hmm. It had it had a couple. It had one really good, great scene that was actually great, and you could tell that this was like reshot like way later after being rewritten by twenty writers. This is the Joss Whedon. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's a Joss Whedon portion. I don't know for sure. Where. Um, Superman has been resurrected and everyone's just kind of like, eh, he's back from the dead. Like, no one even treats someone coming back from the dead as a big deal, but whatever. I digress. And all the superheroes are around and being like, are you okay, Superman? And Superman's like all like disoriented and like still not in his right head. Yes, you're being like everyone by not making it a big deal. Go on. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> Superman. Right? Well, how many times has he been killed off in the comics? You know, I'm uh, sure one, one big just one. Just once, right? Oh, really? Okay. The, everything else was kind of like, well, the other times were all just like, surprise, I was actually sleeping. Um, no. It was all a dream. Yeah. Um, but no, so in the movie, he comes back and there's a moment where like the superheroes are all like around him and be like, you all right, buddy? And he's just like pissed off and dead. So, or back from the dead. And so he sees Batman, which just pisses him right off because Batman, like, tried to kill him in the last movie. And only for, like, five minutes at the end where he's like, you know what, I think we're friends. But uh, not. And Superman just goes nuts. And there's this great scene where the Flash, who's, like, the fastest thing alive, and we've seen him, like, run so fast. And time seems to, like, freeze around him. And as he's running around behind Superman to, like, free the other superheroes from, like, getting the crap kicked out of them, all of a sudden, you just kind of see Superman look over at him, and then in the same time as the Flash is running, look and watch, turn, turn his head, and it's the mo- and the look of terror on the Flash's face is awesome because it's just like, oh shit, he's as fast as I am, and like Superman just kind of turns and starts to smile at him like, I, you're not that fast, buddy. Um, and then later on in the movie, Superman comes back to his senses and he utters. Um, the bad guy is like beating the crap out of all the superheroes, being like, I will destroy the Earth. Why don't any of you just accept and believe in the truth? And then from off camera we hear, I believe in truth. And then everyone swings around and it's like, it's Superman. And he's like, and I also believe in justice. And you're like, yes, that's the Superman you want. You want the Superman cracking dad jokes and being just corny and good. There was like smash the credits after that or not? There was, no, there was a big b- battle. There was actually another great scene where like the like Superman is like, as, as Batman's explaining the big plot of like, we must separate the cosmic cubes because otherwise then whatever <laughs> the will happen. cosmic cubes. Something will happen and the world will be over. And Superman just totally is like, yeah, yeah, shut up. There's people out there that need help. Flash, you run really fast. You go, you save a bunch of people. I'll go save some other people too. And so the Flash like runs out and he like gets behind. There's this family in an old pickup truck. The pickup truck's broken down. There's like this big flow of lava coming. And the Flash pushes the pickup truck and he gets them to safety. He's like, yeah, I did good. I saved six people. Then he looks over and sees Superman carrying an entire building full of people just beside him. And he's like, God damn it. I can't get anything up on this guy. It's So there's good moments. And then the rest of it's just a mess of awfulness. How is, how is uh, Jason Momoa's um, Aquaman? Is it better than... The fake James Cameron, Vincent Chase movie, Aquaman. A hundred times better. <laughs> you knew he was going to say that, right? Um, then I watched Vice Academy 3, which is a, which was a series. I haven't seen Vice Academy 1 or 2. They're a series of comedy films from the uh, late 80s, early 90s that are in the tr- in the tradition of... What are you Police Academy. <laughs> yes. Assume, yeah. 
but with an entire female cast. Vice Squad, right? Yeah, the Vice Squad. So it started. It started. The film I saw. I unfortunately missed it because, like, the films that I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to see the first Vice Academy, but it, it didn't. It's not on streaming anywhere. Vice Academy three is and like the original one. First two starred uh, Linnea Quigley from Return of the Living Dead and Silent Night, Deadly Night, and um, Sorority Graduation Day. Yes, Graduation Day and Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bolorama. It was actually very light natured, and I could see that it actually would have played well on on city TV, not at midnight, but like during the day as a goofy movie. So yeah, so then I watched She Devils on Wheels, which is a great girl gang movie from the early uh, early seventies, directed by Herschel Gordon Lewis, about a a group of uh, female motorcyclists that uh, run roughshod over this small town in Florida, and um, it was awesome. I highly recommend it. Then I watched City Limits, which is kind of a forgettable post-apocalyptic film from the mid eighties, starring Kim Cattrall, John Stockwell, and um, James Earl Jones, also on motorcycles. Then I watched, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, the female director. She was a exploitation director in the 70s and 80s, Prime Evil. It's not very good, and we'll leave it at that. And then I watched Dario Argento's Dracula 3D. Oh. Is that amazing or what? Did it come with 3D glasses? No. It's meant for the like actual proper 3D televisions, which I don't have, so I watched it in 2D. Um, in a word, it's not good. Did it have like Doctor Tongue moments, like with like? Yeah, yeah. Which was, but but that's what you want. See, that's the thing. Like, if I'm watching this in, I feel that if I watch this in 3D, it'd be way better. But it's also just like lit terribly because they they actually shot it in 3D, so like they had to have everything in focus. So like everything is like just super lit and overexposed for a Dracula movie, which doesn't make sense. Uh, Did feature um, the great Ozzy Argento in a role. Anyways, and that's all I watched. And then tonight we're watching Christmas Evil. I'm very excited. Dracula 3D was 2012. Holy shit. I think if he released it in like 1982, awesome. It'd be way better. But this is like, Dario Argento's kind of like running to the end of his, um, his, uh, his. Yeah, I just don't think. Also, Rudger Hauer's in it and he's drunk in every scene. Like literally, like from minute one, I'm like, is he playing a drunk? No, he's playing Van Helsing. <laughs> he's working for alcohol. Hmm. I have it. You can come over and watch it. Um, all right, so that's all I watched and since we last recorded. I'm probably forgetting something. Uh, I, I saw the one with Ben Stiller and Greta Gerwig. Oh, Greenberg? Greenberg. Yeah, yeah. I just No, Bombach. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one, too. That was good, yeah. I enjoyed it. That was a decent one. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working at Blockbuster when that came out, and um, a mother, single mother came in. She had a 10-year-old son, and she's like, is this okay? If it Like, I don't mind some swears and stuff. And I I, I thought I, I'd seen it a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, I think it's okay. I don't remember. Yeah, I think there's some sexy stuff, but uh, it's it's mainly just some swears. And I, I totally forgot about the scene where Ben Stiller goes down on Greta Gerwig all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And Kit, weren't you the manager of those blockbusters? She she came back. She wasn't pissed, but she was like, you should have told me. Oh, no. She was one of my better customers. Though, did you so give her we, a free movie? I should have. I hope I did. I can't remember. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're going to watch Christmas Evil right now, which I've never seen. It's actually known as John Waters, the infamous cult film director's uh, favorite Christmas movie. I'm very excited. We were watching the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, which is remastered from the original in-camera negative. So it's gonna look really good. Does your Blu-ray include the John Waters commentary, which I've never listened to, by the way? But I believe so. Nice. Mm-hmm. Because I know we did record a commentary track for it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, do we want to get into our best of 2017, or do we want to wait until, um... I brought a list. I, I can... got a list. Let's let's do this. Let's do it. Let me get my list. Where's my list? Here's my list. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Go, Kit. It, it's controversial because it's not a very... Uh, it's, it's out of format. I like this 18-hour uh, film called uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. Oh, that's cheating. It's not cheating that's at all. That's so cheating. <laughs> that's so cheating. That's like... Well, guess what my TV's favorite film... is a new was... cinema, Graham. No, it's not. Guess what my favorite film in 2017 is, It was, it was is, conceived as a, as a movie. No, it wasn't. Both both the writer and director say, yeah, you should, you should think of this as a film. Yes, but it was not An a film. An 18-hour film. Guess what my favorite film of 2017 was then, Kit? Was I, I don't know. Taxi Driver from 1974 or 75. That, now, that's just, it's not in the same no, year. No, it's, 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 it's the same is, thing. This is I watched 2017. It on my TV. I watched this it on is, my TV. It's a movie. This is 2017. I watched it on my TV. It's a movie. It counts just like your TV show counts. Nope, nope. See, this turned into a shit show. Yeah. I told you it was yeah. controversial. All right, so Kit is wrong. <laughs> Phil, what are your what are your favorites of 2017? All right, my favorites are um, I did this in uh, order of which I've seen them. I oh, cool. I had to kind of pad it out to ten. Like there are a few that I don't love, but I like enough. So the first movie I saw 2017 that I liked but didn't love was uh, Tony Erdman. Hmm. That was that made it's everybody. It's kind of a 2016 movie, but it, it, I'm, I'm also like saying if it didn't release, get released in Toronto yeah. until 2017, then it, then it counts. Th- that's why I'm counting it. Um, okay, so the first 2017 movie that I saw that I really liked was um, one that I liked a lot was Get Out. Yeah, Get Out was quite good. And, um, have, you, have you seen Get Out, Lillian? I want to see it, as no. I said. You guys should. Yeah, I remember you guys. Uh... Uh, I'm Not Your Negro, I liked. Yep. Oh, I wanted to see that. That's the uh, documentary. Yes, it is. Yeah. But uh, James Baldwin. Good old James Baldwin. Yeah. Jimmy Bald. Yeah. Uh, my my. Jimmy what's up? <laughs> I don't love it because it kind of falls into that trap of um, the documentary trap. Well, okay, like this, it's not just inter- interesting enough to have just have like archival footage of James Baldwin talking or having Samuel Jackson narrate voiceover footage. So there's a lot of um, visual images, like literalized visual images of like James Baldwin's words, okay. and then there are like montages of like of contemporary current events of like why James Baldwin's still relevant. So it's like very browbeaten and like does not um, have much faith in the viewer. So I I don't love it for that reasons that detracts from the movie. Ironically, I've I've never read James Baldwin. Have you? I have, yeah. I've um, I most mostly read his nonfiction. I've not read some fiction. I've read some Richard Wright, but not uh, James Baldwin. Yeah, you should read James Baldwin. Okay. That was up for uh, best documentary feature, but what one? I can't. I was trying to. O.J. Made in America, which I did see this year and is excellent. See now, would that count? That's a big five-hour film that also premiered. Would that be considered a film? Guess where it premiered though? At uh, a hot dogs. Yeah, in a theater. <laughs> and it played in theaters because it's a movie. It's just five hours long that they it's like then eight cut hours up, long. That they then it is. and then they cut it up into segments to put on TV. So that counts. Kit, like I'm holding my. Doesn't then. Yeah. See, Lillian? because Twin Thank Peaks you. was a TV show that they released on TV, and they said think of it as a movie. They didn't release it as a movie. 
didn't play as a movie. What, and this five-hour movie is? Right. Yeah, yeah it did, right. actually. It did. It played theatrically first. Hot take, Graham hates David Lynch. Hot take, you're wrong. <laughs> Graham, what's going on here? I'm I love David Lynch. Hostility. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is this is gonna go on forever. So Sorry, five hour yeah. movie. Is this the Continue. first five-hour movie ever made? No, they made other ones. It is the longest film to ever win an Oscar, I think. That is true. Yeah, it's definitely longer than five hours, I must say. Oh my god! Yeah, it was five parts. So. And every part was like an hour and a half. So yeah, yeah it's about eight hours. Yeah. It's a documentary. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Really good. It's on Crave TV, which I have, which we should watch. Yeah, I know. Oh, I watched all the Nick this week as well. Nice. Love that show. Um, keep going. Yeah, uh, good time. That's uh, yeah, that that way up good. there for me. For I haven't for seen it, but I, from what everyone's told me, it's like it's my kind of movie in a nutshell. So it's definitely your kind of movie, Graham. Um, Personal Shopper, which is technically a 2016 movie, but it came out early this year. Yeah, after a while at the Lightbox, I really like that. Uh, Lady Bird, which I caught at the Tiff Lightbox, yeah. which is way up there. You're welcome for, me. for that. I had to bow out of that screening. Thank you, Graham. You're welcome. I still haven't seen it. I want to see it. Though. I think you'll really enjoy it. I think um, I will too. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, really enjoyed that for the win. Yes. Uh, Colossal. Oh shit! Yeah, so that was on my best of twenty sixteen list because mm-hmm. I saw it at TIFF. Yeah, that only showed in one theater early twenty seventeen. Unfortunately, the AMC Young and Dundas, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's such a good movie. Yeah, I just caught it on Netflix a few yeah, weeks I think back. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I was just gonna say I should check it out. You should. Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Nice. Really like that one. Is that the one where people were getting up and getting out? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting up and shipping out? They they weren't shipping out, but there was some vocal... Oh, they stayed? They just get up and There was just vocal discomfort, and Mm. uh, I I overheard a whole bunch of negative comments as people were exiting the theater. Mm. Vocal discomfort is the name of our new acapella group, by the way. Yes. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
I did not. So we're like... looking for a new uh, co-host <laughs> for the podcast. And uh, three billboards. Oh my God, Phil! <laughs> I, you know I did not like three. Yeah, billboards. but God, on we your worst to... of, you didn't put like like you didn't. Did you not so see anything? See it now. Did you not see anything? Like there are real bad movies. These are all good movies that you're putting in your well, worst of. Well, I there probably are, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, so I can't include them. But seriously, like those, those, those would all be best ofs on other people's lists. And oh, I'm some sure of they them are. are. Yes. yes. Yeah, so some films are divisive, yeah. you know? Some, some mm. people love them. Some people are just wrong. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm just basing it on what I've seen. Okay. I, yeah, can't, I know, so I know, I know. Yeah. And it's okay to be wrong. I, t- I said yeah. that already. Yeah. Oh, guys. Little? The Christmas tree is going to implode. <laughs> My little Christmas tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I wanna, like, I really want to check these out and 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> see if I like them or not. Yeah. So, Lillian, do you have any picks? Um, I had to. You know what? If we're talking 2017, right? 2017, yes. Right. You can include 2016 movies that you just saw this year, though. I think that's. Uh, fair. Yeah, we'll give it. We'll give it a little, yeah. a little space. Yeah, because both, um, colossal. And The Bad Batch and 20th Century Woman. They're all 2016 movies to me. And also Personal Shopper. Oh, yeah. True, like true. Tony Erdman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was... Um, I think you were talking about Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. I watched on Netflix. That was that was, that was was good. That was... Uh, I, I'd recommend it. Um, and Zygosity by this, like... Oh. oh. About that, that's from this up and up and coming uh, hotshot director. Yeah, did everybody's yeah. hair stand up when I yeah. said it? Yes. Yeah, I, by I, the I, way, Lil is my favorite person because she's we talked about this beforehand and she's the only one that remembered to include it. It's got a great Aww. cast, that movie. Great cast, very that's great cast. So I good. think one Christopher Kit Lewis is actually in that film. Mm, yeah. He might be, yeah, and yeah, Phil? yeah, best supporting actor, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kit Lewis as the John, yeah. <laughs> there's another, well, guys, you guys are derailing me here. Um, there's another movie, um, but then he spoke. Oh, it's a short film, yeah. Is also, same short? director, same I hope director. that counts. Is that okay? Short films can count, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. I hope All I'm right, not breaking any, any rules films, here. Uh, what other short, notable short films I've... Uh... Um... Oh, yeah, Jimmy Two Jokes, that's, that's and one. And The Defective oh, that, Detective. that was an award-winning film. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it, it won Jimmy, an award. Jimmy Two Jokes yeah. and the, the Defective Detective won uh, Best Cinematography at the Best of Forty Eight Hour Film Festival in Ooh, Toronto, please. Ontario. Amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. If you can get your hands on it, check it out. Maybe you should just send uh, this podcast a private message on Facebook, and uh, you can figure it out. So, full disclosure: uh, the three films that were just listed were all made by myself. I wrote them and directed them. What? Um, and Kit Lewis yeah. acted in all of them. I did. Yeah. What? I'm, I'm the Kits. Jennifer Lawrence to, to Graham's David O. Russell. See, I was going to go with <laughs> you're the John Lurie to my uh, Jim Jarmusch. Oh, wow. <laughs> Way higher I, praise. I prefer my analogy. Sure, whatever. Um, anything else, Lil? Um, those, those just really blasted me, you know? Those were the ones that just said, holy moly, this is great. It's a great day to be alive. <laughs> oh, thank you. So those are mine. Those are my top picks. 
By the way, Lillian pointed out something that came back to bite me in the in the behind um, that I said in our Friday the 13th Part 4 podcast where I'm like, I want to see violence and horror on the screen, not in real life. And then in the last week alone, there's been a shooting outside of my house. Oh, yeah. And uh, two days ago, I encountered a man assaulting a woman. Oh, gosh. And you I didn't actually, tell me about that. Yeah. That, uh, well, we'll save that for Yeah, yeah. And all unpleasant stuff. The police were there. I had to, like, I was trying to talk down the situation because it, it got pretty bad. Um so yeah, so let's keep the violence and the horror on screen where it's good and plentiful and not in real life where it's just awful. Here, here. Um, is it time for my list? Yes, ma'am. Yes. We are dying to know. Okay, grab, well, well, there's a few films of 2016 that grab, I haven't grab seen. Grab a comfortable chair. That I want to see. Um, I haven't seen... Popcorn. <laughs> I haven't seen Logan Lucky, which I really want to see. Ooh, Steven Soderbergh's Return yeah. to Cinema. I haven't seen Good Time. I haven't seen I, Tanya. I really want to see I, Tanya. That movie looks great. Yeah, me too. Um, and onto my, my personal 10 favorite out of what I've seen so far this year. Um, and this is in no particular order, although I think, I think I'm going to have to put like my number one, the one I keep coming back to again and again and again is this film called Revenge that, uh, Phil Bardak and I saw at TIFF this year. Oh yeah, that one. And it, it was such an interesting film because it is a rape revenge film, which I, I normally hate those films and I'm not a fan of. What? Well, I just said you. I'm, I'm, yeah. I brought to mind Last House on the Left, which is a film I, I did know, not like. I know, I know, I know. But it's it's written and directed by a female. So it's it's got an interesting okay. thing because at first you're like, how is this like directed by a female? Like there's super male gaze going on. Like the camera follows the female's butt around quite a bit. I guess shows that's off the her body. idea, though. And then when it changes, like we see a lot of male nudity in this film as well. We see there is dick in, the, in that movie. There's a lot of ass. Um, and the end of the film, normally it's like the girl running around naked trying to like fight off a killer. In this one, the dude is naked as she's trying to get her revenge. And um, it just it uh, won, I think, Best Director Award at some French film festival in Paris. It played at Fantastic Fest in the United States. It played at the, the, internet, the Stigus or Stitches International Film Festival in Spain. And it was just announced that it's going to be part of the Sundance Film Festival lineup in, uh, in Utah in January of 2018. So, uh, Caroline, Caroline, uh, forgot, forgot. Anyways, really good director to watch up and coming. Um, I'm looking for many more things. Um, and then a very close, uh, everything else is close behind. I don't really believe in like listing like top 10 in order, but the brawl in cell block 99 was just a dynamite film from TIFF this year. It's actually on iTunes and VOD already. I'm kind of bummed that it didn't get a wide release. It's from the same director, S. Craig Zalter, that made uh, Bone Tomahawk. Have, have you seen Bone Tomahawk? I still that's um, I still on my Netflix to watch. Yeah, too. it's on Netflix that's with uh, Kurt Russell. Right? With Kurt yeah. Russell, yeah, it is. It Bone Tomahawk is awesome. Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine is amazing. Like I've never seen a film that uh, that that did that those sorts of things to me that that film did. Um, I also also Get Out. I gotta put Get Out on the list. Which wait, Phil didn't put on it. I put it. Oh on. yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, no, no. sorry. I like how Phil is now like <laughs> super angry. Could you one for me too as well, Lillian? Thank you so much. Can you grab me a sour of some kind, or um, or just some uh, like out and about? Oh, the one with the tag. I'll take whatever. Give me something with a tag Raspberry? on it, huh? Raspberry. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked up one of those. I, I don't know why I'm telling my beer choices into the microphone as I'm talking now, um, but yeah. So get out, uh, which Phil also had. Um, and, um, is, is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. And, uh, next would be The Disaster Artist, which is uh, coming out in theaters actually today as we record this. It's uh, released in Toronto and, and I think Los Angeles and New York City. Um, and then, um, 
become something that like for a long time was in my head as like being the best of 2017 um the florida project i oh, love to see that love loved love the florida project it is i've never seen child actors that were as good as that i loved it hands down up upside down inside and out just the great 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 um next on my favorites is three billboards outside of ebbing missouri with a fantastic performance by francis mcdormand uh really great script and really good direction by um Martin McDonough. There you go. That guy. Um, great film all around. No one here can disagree, except for Phil. But you know what? It's okay to be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Maybe. G- B- big words, Grant. Yeah. Big words. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm open to being wrong. Uh, I admire your humility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, next on the list is T2 Train Spotting. Oh. Train Spotting 2 came out oh, this year. I thought you were talking about the, the re-release of uh, T2 <laughs> Judgment Day. <laughs> Never. No. I did see T2, and that was a good film. That was a really good one. I really liked uh, Train Spotting 2. Great soundtrack. Uh, and next up is an easy one, Blade Runner 2049. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Now, Lillian, your sister. Right, I watched just, it too. I totally you, forgot. Yeah, and Phil, you mentioned it too. Yeah. But Lily, did you I like it? Because your sister and I uh, had a big argument about it. Yeah. And she actually said, because when we were talking, I was uh, with uh, Lillian's sister last night. We saw some theater. And um, uh, we were talking about movies and stuff. And she was like, well, maybe if Phil B hated uh, Blade Runner 2049, he's got better taste than you. And I was like, I don't think he hated it. And lo and behold, it's on your best of. It's on my best of too. And Lillian, you you liked it? I'll I'll throw it on there. Sure, yeah. Um, I kind of haven't seen any, any very many movies released this year, so I'd be very happy to throw that on because I did, I did think they captured um, the essence. Yeah. The feel. I I still want to watch it again, and uh, mm-hmm. I would like to watch it again. It's very long. Yeah. It was very late when I first started. It was like 9.50 p.m. Mm-hmm. on a Friday at a theater. And uh, I did kind of doze out at the part where, to my surprise, Vanessa and Max and Ames and everybody was like, this is the worst part. It was the cheesiest at the end. With hey, Harrison I, haven't seen I have not seen this film yet. By the way, that part was not cheesy. That was freaking beautiful. Anyway. My heart melted. Uh, wow, you versus the whole Perez clan. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine to take them on. I've done it before in one. Um, so my next, uh, down to the last two guys. Sorry, this is dragging on epically long. It's 10.30 at night. Longest intro ever. I might just cut the best of out and put it as its own separate thing. I think that's that would actually be a good idea. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so next for me is The Love Witch uh, by the great Anna Biller, written, directed, produced, uh, not starring this time because she starred in her last film Viva it technically was released in 2016 but it didn't uh, screen theatrically in Toronto until 2017 see this movie if you can it is so freaking good she is a singular filmmaker no one else makes films like her and um, it's great because like you're watching this and you realize that every single thing in the frame there's nothing wasted no shot no angle no piece of fabric she the the filmmaker actually designed her sets was her own production designer sourced all of her own like materials for dressing the sets and sewed all the costumes in the film herself she is a renaissance woman like there are very few people that i believe deserve the term a film by but anna biller is one of them so cheers to her 
And then my final favorite of 2017 is Landline, uh, starring Jenny Slate. Uh, same team that made Edie Obvious Falco's Child. Edie too, Falco's yeah. in it and John Turturro. Um, yeah, it... Uh, the Obvious Child gang. Yeah, it's it's great. Go see it. It's a nice little comedy, which you don't get anymore. It's like when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, we don't get these movies anymore because they're smart and grown up and and funny and good. But no, we can't do that anymore. We must have spandex and superheroes and bombast or stuff that has like no budget whatsoever. So this was a nice little... I know. I like the one with Elaine from Seinfeld, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, and uh, Gandolfini. I forget what it's called. Oh, that one. It was like a yeah, that just com. came out. That that came out posthumously after. Poor yeah, Gandolfini died. Yeah. Rest yeah, in peace, James good. Gandolfini. I liked it. it had like an expression for a title, didn't it? Like now you know. Enough said or something. Enough said. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, oh, all those movies. Um, Something's gotta give. Yeah. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's complicated. My yeah. God. That was the Alc Baldwin Mural <laughs> Street movie. Yes. I remember with Steve Martin, I think, too. Uh-huh. Oh, man. And something's gotta give. Um, Jack Nicholson. Uh, what's his name? Keanu Reeves was like the young stud in the picture. Right. I didn't see it, but. Uh, so funny. Anyway. I've seen it. All right. So all that being said, is now time. Feel like watching some of those, right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're good, like afternoon, Sunday afternoon, you're at home movies. Yeah. So, um, this has gone on way too long. Now let's watch Christmas Evil. We'll be right back. Yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. I told you he'd be happy that we remembered him. This Christmas, Santa's <laughs> going to make everyone happy. <laughs> the grown-ups. And the kids. Christmas evil. The non-believers. <laughs> And the screamers. And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa, or he'll slay you. Merry Christmas, Frank. Christmas Evil, the night he dropped in. And we're back. That was Christmas Evil. Don't. AKA. Better, you better watch out. Oh, it's still recording. Yeah. Thanks for watching, Lil. So, guys, what are your initial thinkings on that movie? Kind of took me for a loop. It did not end up the way I thought it was going to end up. Like Graham, Graham's jaw dropped right there at the end. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Like with with pitchforks, I thought like he would the the Santa would go nuts and kill a lot of people. He killed he did. four, four. Yeah, four. I guess we got a four four body count. Compa- yeah. yeah, compared to Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, which we watched recently, there was like a, a lot. Less. At least a couple dozen. He also danced. Yeah, it was a good dance to a polka band. I miss polka bands. <laughs> His costume was great. Very classic. 
Yeah, it was a very, very well done. There were several other Santas in the movie. Their costumes were not as good. I think they're the $20 pub costumes that you would uh, buy in like a... They're the mall Santas, like the crappy no, mall Santas. No, but, but, yeah, but even their suits, like the mall Santas. Have you seen the mall Santas recently? I was at the different mall earlier I'm, I'm today. I'm thinking like Billy Bob Thornton, like mall Santa. <laughs> How's the Galleria Santa? He's good. Galleria yeah. Santa's good. I've, uh, I've seen him uh, a couple times now. At uh, Santa's Castle, which is a wooden structure that was homemade. I love the Galleria. They're like everything there. I joke that it's the saddest little mall in Toronto, but it actually is like the joyous little mall in Toronto. Um, it's got homemade, uh, uh, homemade Santa's Village. It's got a homemade stage. Whenever some uh, soccer or football to our international listeners um, tournament is on, either the World Cup or Euro Cup or uh, some other cup is on, they play it in their um, their main area, which is. <laughs> so anyways, Christmas Evil, the movie we're not talking about oh, right now. a really cool band name we came up with tonight. Oh, there were so many. Oh, we did come okay, up with a lot. So, so the, this film, in Christmas Evil, there were so many amazing, just like words, combinations of words thrown oh, out. Uh, well, we thought of like a um, a film crew band called Boom Mike Shadow. Oh, yeah. Because well, Graham did spot a Boom I, there's Mike a Boom Shadow. Mike Shadow yeah. yeah. This, this first song is called oh. Take One. Also, oh. wouldn't that be a sweet name, Mike Shadow? Yeah, Mike Shadow. <laughs> I hold the boom. Um, what was the other one? Uh, something about um, uh, some. Uh, what was the dialogue thing? I don't. I don't I'm, I'm looking it, it was, up. It but... was like oh, what, negative body body hygiene. Yeah, negative body oh. hygiene. Yeah. That was something that he he described one of the kids. So the basic... oh yeah, negative body hygiene. Yeah, he. Uh, okay, we're so, getting ahead so of let's, ourselves. Let's, okay, let's let's start this up. So the basic plot of uh, Christmas Evil is that on a Christmas Eve in 1947, that's right, a very young boy and his brother named Terry, named Terry, and uh, their mother are watching from the steps as Old Saint Nick descends from the chimney and puts toys under the tree. Then Old Saint Nick watches his hands in a. T- jar for some reason. That's weird. He, it's, yeah. a, it's like I, uh, he's going to out, church. He like washes his hands yeah, in the yeah. water. I never put, I out, put out water with my milk and cookies for Santa. But he washes his hands. He drinks some milk. He has a cookie. And then he goes up the chimney quick, quick, quick. And then Harry and... His hands might be dirty from coming down the chimney, guys. Good good point, good point. Yes, good point. Well, sorry, 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 yes. Good forethought from the mother. And also from, yeah. like, grooming the reindeer and stuff like that. I know, reindeer yeah. are filthy. That, that probably came from the kids, too. Like, Mommy, shouldn't he wash his hands first? He's going to get chimney suit all over the cookies. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. I thought it was the mother's idea. She was like, screw him. and like, eat his cookies. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So then we, uh, so then we cut to Harry. So then we cut to Harry and his brother up in bed, and they're arguing about Santa Claus being real. And Harry's brother's like, "That was Dad," and Harry's like, "It was not." And then Harry runs downstairs to like check on something, and he sees Santa Claus kissing Mommy, but not on the mouth. Not on the mouth. Somewhere down south. Yeah. Um, and that traumatizes Harry to an insane point where we jump ahead to the present. Oh, don't forget, he, he goes upstairs and he Citizen, citizen Kane's the snow oh, globe. Oh, right. He, so, so he goes up to his attic where a, where a lone snow globe is sitting on like a, 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 a trunk or something, and he sees it and he smashes it. And then cuts his hand with it. And then he with cuts the, his with hand with it with the glass from it to feel something again. And then he bleeds onto the... The Santa's house, yeah. Yeah. In the snow globe. And so then we cut forward to the present day, which I guess is uh, 1980. Which would be 33 years later. So, um... And I should say that Harry's younger brother looks like a solid 47. 
uh, in the adult side. Like, I was trying to, like, oh, man. Harry like, does look older than his younger brother, but, but they also, both look like they're in their late 40s. But it's, it was also, we should say, they shot it in the late 70s, early 80s, so people just generally looked older then. The hard drinking life for, uh, for Smoking. Harry. Smoking. Hard living. Yeah. smoked back it's then. the hair. And driving. And the facial Drinking hair. and driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a hard life. Yeah, yeah. Let's grab a six pack and hit the road. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Harry, uh, what's his last name again? It was Spalding. Sanding. Spalding. Spalding. Um, he works in a toy factory. He's a manager in a toy factory called uh, Jolly Dream. The Jolly Dream. And their their slogan is what is it again? If it's not a Jolly Dream, it's not worth having. That's right. It's very. It's almost a threat, really, Basically. more than a slogan. They're, they're also unionized, Jolly yeah. Dream. It's back in they the... do have a union. Harry apparently skips the well, union he, meetings. Well, you know, he's management, so he can't be part of the union. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's also the but dawning of... shit for missing them. Yeah. Yeah. This is also the dawning of the Reagan era, so this union is going to be busted in no time. Right. Yeah, they portrayed all the unionized workers as, like, being very uh, uncouth, so to say. So this was, like, back when America like still had... Like a like union. Yeah, like, we'll make you disappear behind the old football field. Yeah. <laughs> Stop bugging us to make these toys safe. Um, so anyways, one of his co-workers is like nagging him like, oh, I'm going away with the wife and we got to split early. It also should be noted that when Harry wakes up, he sleeps in Santa Claus pajamas. His alarm clock is Santa Claus is coming to town and his uh, apartment is decorated with Christmas um, paraphernalia. Probably now, all year round, not yeah, just all year near round. Christmas. But and this is and oh, on, undoubtedly. And on he has this little chalkboard that says 55 days until Christmas, which we see updated Wait. again. No, it's initially 55. And he's just kind of jolly go lucky, laying on the shaving cream on his face and just yeah, kind of yeah, and like ho ho hoing, having a great laugh. Like, oh, I have shaving cream on my face, like Santa Claus. Do you remember yeah. when uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not had a short-lived TV series hosted by Dean Kane? Yeah, yeah, and there was there was one where there's this strange little British man who celebrates Christmas every single day of the year. He wraps himself presents and he goes down and he unwraps them in the morning and he does the whole thing, drinks eggnog every single day. It was yeah. the saddest thing I've ever seen every in my life. Yeah, every life? single day of his life. Oh my goodness. Yep. Has he seen this movie? I don't I, know. He is this movie. <laughs> he, is this movie yeah. he is this movie, okay. This movie's based on him. <laughs> So at work, um, while he's seeing the line, um, he's trying to explain to like the people like, hey, like these. Pe-, he's trying to explain to his line workers like, hey, these kids deserve good quality handmade toys. The the toys they make, by the way, are so weird. They're red and blue, like bright red and bright blue wooden soldiers with holding little lightning plastic bolts instead of rifles. Soldiers? I think they're plastic soldiers. Oh, maybe maybe they're. I thought they were wooden, but. And uh, we see him kind of. Uh, spying, spying on. Uh, oh, right before he oh. goes to work. He's yeah. Spying on the neighborhood children. That that, that happens after we no, no, see him. Wake up. Oh, it's okay. before he goes to work. Am I jumping? You, no, you might not be jumping. I might be jumping. I You're jumping, know. Kit. We're all jumping. Jumping for joy with jumping. Christmas jumping spirit. Jumping for joy. Yes. Ho ho ho. Yes, he is spying on the neighborhood children, and he keeps a book uh, titled Two Books. Two yes. books. One titled Good Girls and Boys, 1980. And the other titled Bad Girls and Boys 1980. And he also has volumes for 78 and 79 on a and, shelf. And uh, basically each page has the child's name and good things that they do and bad things that they do. I, l- I, l- I try to write them. some of them down. Like, uh, Go for it, kid. On the, on the Good Girls and Boys, it's like, never shouts, helps chop wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listens to parents. And, and then and then he opens up a new page and says, she's just lovely. 
Is he a Susie, a darling. who's he's obsessed with kind of creepily. He's a darling, right. Um, he even sees her, like, in the street, and he's like, you're looking gorgeous today, Susie. She's like five. And we all collectively shattered him. <laughs> Aw, but she yeah, was He, he looks at the, the other children non-creepily, <laughs> by contrast. And uh, the Bad Girls and Books, uh, Bad Girls and Boys book is filled with things like Tells Fibs. Mm. Um Impure thoughts. That's for the uh, the one kid. Tommy Moss, Trickers for sure. On Moss the Garcia, who's list. looking at a penthouse oh, when we find Moss him. Moss Garcia. Uh, oh, he has a full blown cutout. Yeah, he uh, was like uh, that was getting into serial killer territory because he was like cutting like the body like so he cut out the the the, the, the centerfold, fold out, yeah. the centerfold. Sorry, fold out centerfold, and uh, was just cutting more and more of the body off, and I'm just kind of like this is getting creepy. It's a little Ted Bundyish, yeah. Um, and another kid kicked over garbage can. Uh, Ooh. Impure thoughts, negative body hygiene. <laughs> the impure thoughts one is hard to <laughs> negative body hygiene. Negative body hygiene. It's my favorite hardcore band from 1983. Again, that was yeah. We told that joke earlier, but that's yeah. that's the band we're gonna form. It's still a good band name. Eat your heart out, zit remedy. <laughs> <laughs> zit remedy, nice. Yeah, screw you, fictionalized teenagers from 1988. Anyways, kid. Anything more on the good, uh, the good and bad books? No, I didn't write down enough, and so, I wish I'd remembered more because there were some gems. Yeah. So at work, um, this one line worker is like, "Hey, can someone?" Consistent absurdity was that one of them? Consistent obscenities. Obscenities was that the? That was one of them. Yeah. That is a damn good band name. Yeah. We are consistent obscenities. <laughs> what do they want? What do they want? <laughs> <laughs> No, so so at work we're gonna get through this plot if it kills us. Um, Darn it! <laughs> Darn it is is the only other obscenity they know. <laughs> it's funny. I was watching a trailer for a movie I'd never heard of before called um, I forget. But anyways, in it all of a sudden I'm watching the trailer. It looks pretty cheesy, and then all of a sudden you hear what do they want? What do they want? And it launches into uh, Beef Baloney by Fear, and but it's a like hair metal cover of it. And for the tra- rest of the trailer, it's this wow. weird hair metal cover of Beef Baloney by Fear. Um, great song. Um, anyways, so... Not a problematic song at all. No. Okay, we're finally going to get through this. The um, uh, One of the, his line workers wants to... Uh, Frank, I believe his name was. Uh, wants to uh, take off early with the wife to go on vacation, but needs them to cover a shift, and no one will. And so anyways, uh, later on, Harry gets a call in the office like, Hey, Harry, remember how you were it's saying... A really weird call, too, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was from Frank. Yeah, it was just weird. Frank's a weird You guy. know you're going to work for me, right? Like, you're going to do the shit for me, right, man? Yeah, you were saying how you want to get how back on the line. How you missed yeah. being on the line, so here's the opportunity. Thanks, pal. Here's your big chance, man. And so Harry goes back on the line in his dress shirt and his nice business yeah. slacks, and then he... He's doing a double he shift. Works, Harry has to do yeah, a double shift for this hours for this, for this piece of crap. And then as he's walking home, Harry stops outside of the local watering hole and looks in and sees, oh my God, it's Frank. He didn't go on vacation. And at that moment, Frank is saying, and then I got Harry to do my shift for me. He, he, he says, <laughs> I got Harry the schmuck. Harry the schmuck. <laughs> and he's still wearing his uh, ridiculous bucket hat. Yeah, he didn't take it off. His, his, his I'm going on vacation hat. That's, that's so the audience mm-hmm. still knows who it is. And so then we jump ahead to 28 days before Christmas, which is Thanksgiving. Yeah, we see the Macy's Day Parade. Parade or something like that. Yeah, it. we assume it's the Macy's Day Parade because that's when the um, uh, the Santa Claus shows up at the end. Big old Snoopy yep. balloon going down mm-hmm. the streets, you know. Like yeah. Imposter Santa. Yeah, but, Imposter but Santa. Harry is super psyched to see it. And like, so. Yeah, he even puts like, he puts everything aside and like 
takes a little pillow cushion and just gets really comfortable because Santa's coming up. And it's, it's here that we're introduced to the weird dynamic between Harry and his younger brother. That's when he calls him up and says, I When can't. he calls him up. And uh, we also see uh, Harry's younger brother, I forget his name, Billy. Um, he's Harry? Harry is the Harry is the main character. I forget the younger brother. I, I would love a family that named both their children Harry. <laughs> Harry, Harry. <laughs> Harry one, Harry two, Harry two. You're Harry too. Yeah. Um, but no, he's. Uh, we see him in the morning. He's doing push-ups, and his wife comes in, and she's like, "I'd like you not to be mean to Harry today." Yeah. And uh, old Billy, I'm gonna call him Billy. He's like, "Oh, when I think about how lame Billy's Harry is." Billy's the name of the killer from Black Christmas. Oh, fun fact. Fun fact, listeners. Ding, 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 ding. Um, yeah, so, so uh, she's like, don't be mean to Harry today. I'd like you to do that, you know, for, for you know, he's he's not such a bad guy. He tries. And uh, Billy's like, when I think about how lame Harry is, it just makes me angry. But all right, I'll try. And Phillip. then he gets a, he gets a, oh, Philip. Okay, What's Phil, the name? Phil. 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 Oh, that's right. So uh, he gets a call from his brother right away <laughs> on cue. And it's Harry saying, I can't make it to dinner. He's often called Philly, mm-hmm. uh, at the Philly. Beginning of the, at the beginning of the movie. That's right, Philly. That's yes, right. his wife That's... played. Uh, he's played by uh, Jeffrey Demun. Brandon Maggart uh, plays Harry, uh, and Diane does Hall. a decent job. I he think. Does, Brand- yeah, yeah, I actually think Brandon Haggard did a Maggart. It's, it's Maggart, a weird sorry. role. It is. It's a very hard role to understand as well because he's a character driven by such like basic needs of like I have to write down what every boy and girl does, and also like a desire to like put on like to live in that Christmas world for. 365 days a year which is insane yeah I hope I'm not jumping ahead with my next comment but jump ahead Lil jump yeah yeah Do go it. for it well I just thought it was neat how like he's traumatized as a kid due to a Santa thing and now all the kids are subject to the same trauma because of him. What he does? What he does? Murdering people in front of them. Yeah. Although he tries not to do that, actually. Their parents, namely. Yeah. Well, he he, he starts off pretty normal. He, well, everything about him is creepy because he. So long story short, I, I started worrying that he was he was going to kill the bad kids, but he doesn't. No, That's he doesn't. not his intention yeah. at all. No, he just drops off a bag of dirt dirt for that horrible yeah, yeah. Moss Garcia. What a little crappy kid. If only he, you know, wasn't kicking over bar garbage cans, telling swears, <laughs> reading no. Penthouse magazine. Reading Penthouse. He jumped I'm, ahead of I'm, Playboy. Not even reading Playboys. He's, he's on to the dirt. Toys. Yeah. He, uh, so one thing is, so one day as Harry's walking home from work, he passes all these kids, which is when he tells the one little girl, like, you're looking beautiful today. And we all shuddered. Um, <laughs> And then he's like, so she stands you? up and curtsied, which is adorable. Yes. But also, it's just no, the whole thing no, is creepy. No. But here's the thing back then, it probably wouldn't be creepy, but now we're just like. It, it always should have been, though. Super <laughs> no, you, like, you could, like, you're kind of worried that he's going to slaughter the kids, but you see that, no, he actually really does have an. L- little Susie will be fine. Yeah. He actually has a really appreciation for these kids. It's the parents, however, anybody who tries to stop him. Mm. Right. Spreading his Christmas joy. Um, yeah, so as he's walking home, uh, they ask him, like, Harry, what do you wish for? And he says, I wish for peace on Earth or something like that. And then they're all like, what do you wish for? And it's like, I wish I was a fireman. I wish I was the principal at school so I could kick this guy out. Ha ha ha. And then little crappy Moss Garcia is like, I wish I had a lifetime subscription to Penthouse Magazine. (laughs) And that drives Harry up the wall. 
So after that, he goes home and he starts to like judiciously apply what we in the industry called spirit gum. Although I think his was like more just like glue or something. It's probably like super glue. Probably or super something. glue to his face, and all of a sudden he starts to glue like, on like the the wood uh, wood, glue. wood glue. Yeah, yeah. He glues on a beard first, and as soon as he puts on the beard, he starts laughing like. I'm finally me. He's trying to tug it off and he can't and he's laughing and he's Yeah, he's, he's laughing very hysterically happy. once he's got the beard and the eyebrows and he's like, oh no, he doesn't have the eyebrows yet. He's got Not yet. On, half of it on. He does add the eyebrows later. He's just laughing away at how, how much he is Santa. And he's got, he's also got a mustache that covers his mouth completely. And he's got a homemade Santa suit which is way better than any of the other Santas we've seen in this movie. This is movie. true. This is true. And uh, then he goes out he he basically makes his own toys in his own private little workshop. He's got a what is he's he? Got he's a got smeltering. a smeltering, homemade smeltering. Because <laughs> they're like they're like tin soldiers that are like he he makes from his own like mold that he pours, which I don't understand how that works. He's got his own like toy factory at home, right? Yeah, but he's like pouring like molten metal yes. into like <laughs> lead molds, and he has so many creepy toys around his apartment. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm assuming they're all DIY. Uh... They're all DIY. It's all DIY uh, Christmas paraphernalia. Yeah. yeah, there's like a stack of creepy dolls in the corner and stuff, and everywhere. Like the old-fashioned, like yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and then he paints uh, a sled on the side of his uh, panel van. His white van, yeah. Which is his. It was. It was a beige. Okay. It was beige. Do we remember all the kills? We, somebody mentioned there tonight like there were only four. Yeah, um, yeah we're the jumping the gun on the kills. Out, uh, the one that stands out the most in my head is <laughs> someone getting killed with the bag Smothered of by toys? The bag of presents. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're getting that. We're, yeah, we're almost, we're almost there. I know you really like that scene for some weird erotic reason. But, yeah. um, <laughs> it's just a funny way to go. Death by, like... Death by, that's my presence. Just my bag of presents. Well, not only presents. He does. <laughs> um, so, anyways, he goes into. He basically starts sneaking into houses. He fish. He first. So we get to Christmas Eve. Yeah, he, yeah. we get to Christmas Eve, and he like drops, uh, puts some presents in a house. With and I love it. We're, we're trying to like, how's he getting into these houses? And he's just going through the front yeah, door. Yeah, front door. Yeah. No one's locked. <laughs> and then he gets to the house of his coworker that ditched him to work to go on vacation, and he had to work a shift. And he tries to go in through the chimney, but as we all know from reality, chimneys aren't that wide. No. They're not meant for... Then he gets stuck, and then he crawls out, and then he just sort of, like, opens up the door and goes in that way. Um, This is actually after his first kills. We're we're skipping those. He goes to a midnight mass. He goes to a midnight mass. Oh, that happened. And people are trying to keep themselves awake because it's midnight mass. And they're, like, the the richest, most snobbiest people. Is this before he goes to the party? Yes. This is this is before. Yeah, this is the first. Oh, because he goes. To, he, so he, he goes go, to wait, a few kids' houses he and to, he drops off some presents. And then he goes to the orphanage. Then he goes to the orphanage. Yep. And then, and then he goes to this midnight mass, and it's just like the richest, snobbiest people. And they see him, uh, see Santa Claus there, and they're poking fun at him, like, oh, nice suit you've got Santa. there. Oh, why don't you sing us a Christmas carol, Santa? And uh, he takes out one. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> and he takes out. It's it's absurd. And he takes, takes out, out one of his toy, toy soldier, soldier with with a, the, with, a, with a sword. And he stabs the dude right in the eyeball. And then he pulls out a Yuletide hatchet and just starts hacking. It was great. He has the Yuletide hatchet like right through the middle of the skull. Yeah. Right. He kills three people this way, and then he's like, "Oh shit, what have I done?" <laughs> and he runs away. <laughs> he jumps into his van and drives off. And everyone else is just like, "What just happened?" Well, it's also added in a way, like, it's hard to tell how many people he's killing, but, uh... And it gets very dark, because then we see people sobbing on the the steps of the church. 
But it's also in contrast the with worst the previous thing ever scene. Is that he he didn't get the guy he meant to kill because we should point out that the guy who's like the new executive, he doesn't care about kids, he doesn't care about children, he just cares about making money. And the toy company is how he's going to make money. And he even asked, like, so how many kids are there in this orphanage that we're giving presents to? Because the whole reason he goes to the orphanage... Who cares? He's like, I have absolutely no idea how many children are in this orphanage. Kids there are? What the hell? I don't know. Lillian is doing a bang-on impression of this executive. Pretty much. Feeling his annoyance right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting contrast because like he steals all the a whole bunch of toys from the factory. He also smashes a whole bunch of toys in the factory. Yes, he does that as well. Um, oh yeah, the gumball machines yeah. take a hit. He has quite a rage, doesn't yeah. he? Doesn't he? Yeah. He's rage celebrating. Yeah, because he, he dropped off all the presents at the orphanage, and like he gets like a warm reception from like the people overseeing the orphanage. And at first, like the world's oldest security guard is kind of like, "Who do you think you are? You are not Santa Claus. I knew Santa Claus back in 1880." Anyways, um, no, the security guard is the security guard's it's like, like it's like a Don Knotts yeah. type. Yeah, he's, he's like, like a graveyard <laughs> night watchman, basically. Who sent you? Who's on to talk to my manager? And then the like Harry's like. Will you do that? All right, I'll be right back. And then he goes inside, and then it starts snowing. And Harry, as opposed to going ho ho ho, just starts laughing like ha 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 ha. ha he doesn't, ha, ha, he doesn't ha, ho 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 once. No, in the he film, just yeah. laughs like a psychopath, which he is. And then he gives all the presents to the the nurses and the orderlies at this uh, this um, orphanage. And or is it like a hospital for sick children? I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I, it yeah. seemed more like a hospital for sick kids. Yeah. yeah. Something. And anyway, so he gives them all, and they're like, oh my god, who sent you? He's like, somebody that cares about children. The about the security guard at that orphanage or children's hospital or whatever was like, he was so freaking harmless, except for his child and his face and his body of the one Yeah, because you know he takes his job very yeah. seriously. Yeah. He's been but, doing it for over a century. But, but so his, cute and small and old and... His, and his just, jowl and his stern expression is his one move. Yeah, that's, but, that's he also, but he also does have do. a gun on his hip. So when, when Harry and Santa, oh, and Santa Brugalia step forward, he actually put his gun on his, uh, his hand on his holster, um, which he probably used during the American Civil War. And, um, Most likely, yeah. So, anyways, though he leaves the thing, he leaves the uh, the hospital for six children. Feeling so now great. he goes to his as oh no, he, then he goes to church. He murders the people murders there the as we've described, and then he goes to his co-worker's place, and he tries to go down the chimney, and he can't, and he just goes yeah. through the window. What he, do? he just walks in the door. <laughs> Nobody he locks the, the door. door. It's the early eighties or late seventies. I thought he slid the window open and like walked sure. into the. I think Phil's right. I Phil remember right. a window. Yeah, I'm wrong on that one. Um, and he goes straight to the the bed. Bedroom, yeah. Uh, where um, Buddy and his no, wife. No, he puts some presents under the tree. He does. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he puts some presents, and then he goes right to where like the, his coworker and his wife are sleeping, and he tries to smother them to death under a bag of presents. Well, at first, he wakes him up, and he's like, "You used to be a child." <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, "Harry," and then all of a sudden, he just like grabs the bag of presents and tries to smother him with it. And that's very bad because a bag of presents is not a consistent. Source. I just realized I forgot to buy a new pillow today. I need a new pillow. My pillow's too flat. Um, uh, <laughs> Fun fact. Personal note. Yeah, on a personal note, my <laughs> pillow is too flat. Pillows are too flat. Um, Those are pillows! <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> nice planes, trains, and automobiles the callback. killing it tonight. Um, so uh, so he's smothering the uh, his co-worker, the guy who... Uh, who, who they called him Harry the Schmuck. Yeah. It's taken too long and he, he So he grabs the star off of a Christmas tree that's in the bedroom 
lifts his up throat with it. and slits his throat and drops the, the body on onto, the, the onto the wife as he's like gurgling and blood's coming out of his throat and the wife is just like too paralyzed and fair to scream. Just to even scream. You know those dreams that you out, have. Yeah, yeah, and then he runs out and the kids see Santa and then he has this lovely <laughs> little moment where he's like, the kids don't know yet. Yeah. I'm Santa Claus. Let's They're not happy. Ru- let's not ruin the illusion. And he smiles he and he smiles and yeah. gives him like the thumbs up and then all of a sudden <laughs> the wife screams and he's like and I'm out. <laughs> Time to go. Um, so then there's a lot of hand-wringing going on. Uh, oh, oh, we, get, wait, to, we get to Christmas morning. Yeah, Christmas yeah. morning, and he doesn't and show up at... We get uh, the Geraldo Rivera uh, lookalike. Yeah. I forget his, his it's name. Like, is it's Ricardo... Like Ricardo... Montal or something. Not Montalbano. It's like... <laughs> it's like... Uh, it's Ricardo, Ricardo for sure. I'll look it up. No, no, no. Don't look it up. Or Ricardo Montero, let's say, but Ricardo it is Montero. intended to be a caricature of Geraldo Rivera. Mm-hmm. Noted piece of trash, Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> Noted piece of shit. <laughs> I guess this was back when he was just local news. Uh, yep. Yeah, Ricardo is not listed in the um, in the credits. If you look in trivia, though. Oh, I'm on, I'm on Wikipedia. Um, oh, you should check IMDb. Okay, because it's always accurate there. It's true. Hundred percent. Yeah. My first credit is actually incorrect. Anyways, long story short. No. Oh. My first credit is actually incorrect on IMDb. Well, you mean and you say because it's by, always um, correct there. Yeah, you were being a little sarcastic there. I don't. I can't tell anymore, guys. A little, little bit. Stop it, John Oliver. Were you being sarcastic, man? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, the uh, Ricardo Montalban character is on the news talking about there's no way to describe him but Santa Claus murdered three people here last night then he went to the house of another person and murdered him as well there's nothing linking him linking these murders other than their rage um is a great anyone seen wearing a Santa costume please please call the police immediately oh we missed we missed uh, Santa's dancing scene oh right at the, at the polka party he goes to a polka party he after to, he's like, murdered a few people he goes people. to like a, a like it's an, a Christmas Eve after midnight by the way party where he's where there's like children awake and it's all these adults dancing to this great polka band one of the adults being Hector Salamanca yeah <laughs> from, from <laughs> Hector Salamanca. Mark Margolis. Yes, Hector a- Salamanca from uh, Breaking Bad, a.k.a. that guy from, um, and Scarface. Scarface. from Scarface. Who yeah. Al Pacino kills because he tries to blow up yeah. the car full Screw of the Screw you, man. Kids. I don't need that in my life. He was, he was the mafia don in- Not gonna uh, kill no kids. No way. In Oz that uh, Adebisi kills with AIDS. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see. I haven't seen that much of us. Ad- BC actually pricks him with the AIDS virus and uh, kills. It's a, it's a pretty brutal way <laughs> to it, kill him. Isn't like, oh no, I've got AIDS, and then he like slowly falls asleep. No, no, it, <laughs> it, it takes later. like a season. Like he, he pricks him. He because Ad- BC. Oh, why am I getting into this? Ad- BC volunteers in the uh, in the AIDS ward, and you think he's reformed. You think he's not a he's not a bad guy anymore. He takes a vial of blood from one of the AIDS uh, patients, and then he mm-hmm. pricks. Um, Mark Margolis, who's in who's in Oz with the uh, with the AIDS virus, who's a mafia don, and he finds out like a few episodes later, and he writes his biography, and then he dies of AIDS. Mm. Fun. So tune in next week on the A Ozcast <laughs> for uh, Kit's continuing coverage of the Oz t- television series, which has been off the air for twenty years. Oh, it got really bad by season five, and I stopped watching. <laughs> it went for seven seasons. It turned yeah. into a piece of trash, though. 
It was always a piece of trash, but it was an entertaining piece of trash. You're right. You're right. It was a piece of trash. Back to the film at hand. So he goes to this poker party. And he dan- and like the kids are like, oh my god, it's Santa! And he actually ha- just has this great moment. He gives gifts to the kids. He does a little dance, and then at the end, he tells the kids. He basically like is like, okay, it's time for me to go. And then he just points his finger right at the children and goes like, now children, you be good. <laughs> Listen to what your parents say. Obey your teachers, and always do what's right. And you'll get a present. But if you don't. If you're bad, you won't like what I bring you next year. Ha 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 ha! Merry Christmas! I don't know why the kids and, are up at this. At and this the point and the time. kids are just like, oh, it's funny. He's threatening us, and the parents are like, ha ha ha! Get this freak out of here. Another uh, fun cameo that's seen around this time. The uh, police are already investigating this murder at yeah, the uh, midnight at the church, mass, yeah. mass, and there's there's the priest. He's there, and he's played by none other than Bill Raymond. Who plays the Greek in The Wire? No, I'm very familiar with that show. Yes, um, and so then uh, it's Christmas Day. He wakes up. Parents are alarmed at this point because it's all over the news that there's this crazy. That's the next day. Yeah, we're on the next day now. Oh, right. oh the, yeah, because yeah, so it's Christmas morning. They're rounding up mall Santas and putting Santa them in. When Santa was giving that speech to the kids about being good and being bad, the parents are kind of like, "Oh my god!" Like, there's a huge lion at the baby at the baby basket, you know, trying yeah. to eat the baby. They're like, "Holy shit! This is like this creepy Santa guy that's on the news." You know, at that point, they don't know because the news report came out the next day. This is still Christmas Eve. Well, they not. Really? Well, I mean, the next day they do know, as as Lillian yeah. suggests. Like everybody's realizing, and especially his brother with his kids, and she's and his brother is like immediately like, "It's my brother. It's That's Harry. That's my brother. That's Harry. You I know for sure." Along, yeah. yeah. And his wife is like, "Are you out of your mind? Harry's a sweet man. That's just nice. And you're too hard confused. on him. He's oh, a little confused. confused, but he's harmless. And Philip is just like." No, 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 that's my brother. He's a murderer in a Santa suit. And then we, there's a, we're treated to a really great scene of uh, the Santa Claus lineup, which as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is the this is the reason you make this movie, <laughs> is to have a lineup of Santa Clauses, and this very tall one is like, okay, step out front, turn around. All right. The tall, say, lanky Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love so, him the best. And the best thing ever was like, okay, say Merry Christmas. He's like, Merry Christmas. No, 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 say it like you mean it. Merry Christmas. No, 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 say it like Santa Claus. Merry Christmas! All right, bring in the next lot, and then like another lot of them come in, They're and all grumbling and complaining, and like you know, they, they arrested me. At, they t- pulled me out of the mall. They like called me away in front of the kids. It's a war on Christmas. Yeah. Harry makes zero effort to hide the evidence of his uh, the havoc he's wreaked. But he's also totally separated himself from reality. So at this point, I don't think he really cares. No, he's sleeping in his uh, sleigh van. He, he he phones his brother and he's like, "I've played a tune that everyone loves, and it's my tune to dance. I finally found the tune to dance for, <laughs> dance to." And his brother's just like, "Harry, what are you talking about? Harry, you nut." So then, the the night of Christmas, Harry goes to this neighborhood that he thinks is well inviting. Like his his van gets stuck in the ice, and he start. It looks up and sees sees this long trail of illuminated uh, plastic Santa Clauses, leading into a neighborhood. And he like starts walking up and walking up, and all of a sudden, he sees a group of children. And the children surround him, like, "Oh, Santa, we love you, Santa!" And, and then they the, all hug him and stuff. And, and then, then, the then one parents, of them's like, "Your suit's dirty, Santa." 
And he's, he's like, like whoa. Oh, there's a lot of pollution between the North Pole and here. <laughs> this film is super ahead of its time. Commenting about pollution in the atmosphere. It's so great. Um, and then uh, the children surround him and are like, oh, Santa, Santa, Santa. And then their parents know it's like, hey, Bobby Sue, get away from the kid. Get away from him. But it's Santa. Get away from him. And they all realize, like, oh, my God, look at that suit. It's got the fur. That's the one thing that they said is that the suit has fur on it. And, Darker fur than mm-hmm. the other one. Yeah. Darker fur. So yeah, and so like, they realize, oh, my God, it's the bad Santa. And then this one Santa Claus, gives out, then he gives out all presents to the boys and girls that are there, and they, like, surround him. And he's like, I don't think your parents understand. And then one parent, one father, pulls out a switchblade. Yeah, vigilante dad with the yeah. page boy cap. This is the same scene where he tells the kids to be good and bad. And no, 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 no. They, no he, he sets out at the polka party. He does... He does Doesn't tell he do them a little, a little something. He's he like, gets all the kids around him, like kind of teams up. He's yeah. just like, your parents don't understand. And again, the kids are protecting him at this point. Uh, yeah. He actually starts rapping the uh, the Will Smith song. Uh, parents just, parents don't, just understand. don't understand. Okay. It's starting to snow outside at this point. Yeah. And so the so one dad pulls a switchblade. He's a vigilante dad. And he's like, get away from him. And then his daughter runs forward. And goes, no, daddy, no. And then eventually he drops the knife and she is, picks it up. Is the daughter little Susie that we saw before? Or? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, she picks up the switchblade and then gives it to Santa Claus. And this is where I thought it would, be, would become just a murder fest. He becomes Switchblade Santa, which is our other band name. I know, Switchblade Santa is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Lillian plays bass in that one. Um <laughs> So Switchblade Santa then like rushes forward and doesn't really hurt anyone. He drops the nu- he actually drops the switchblade, and then he runs away. And all of a sudden, all the parents grab torches out of nowhere and start he gets, chasing he gets him. Pricked in the face by an old lady. Oh yeah, with a, yeah, like this a old lady bo- pull, like a pulls a brooch, a brooch off of her, right. like yes. a snowflake She's brooch or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She pulls the brooch off of her jacket and stabs him in the face. This movie is brutal. Um, and then he runs away while they're. Um, well, they're, they're lighting up their torches and they're chasing him like he's Frankenstein. And there's this really, like, weird, strange moment where he's, like, hiding in an alleyway and then he pops out and then he gets into his van and he drives away. And then he goes to his brother's house. And his brother realizes right away, oh, my God, you're the crazy man. There's fur on your suit. You're the terror. His brother is correct, by yes, the way. Yes, his brother's 100% correct. <laughs> um, and his and his kids are like, don't hurt Uncle Harry. Like, they see it right away. And he's like, no, like, don't, you don't understand. He sends them upstairs, like, go to bed. So then his wife. wife watches from the stairwell, like him and his younger brother did. And Harry tells Philip, like, you were the first not to believe in Santa. You were the first to say we shouldn't follow what Santa says. And Philip's like, I was six years old. And then he puts his hands around Harry's throat. He chokes him out. And he chokes him and he thinks he's killed him. And he drags the body away and puts it in his, his van while his wife and kids are watching. It's yeah, a, it's... that was really funny. Like, he didn't skip a beat. Like, okay, I just killed no, my no, brother yeah. with my bare hands. Let me get him into the van and, like, dispose of his body right away or it's whatever. Push it into a river or something. It, it's a real Christmas family photo moment. Your family must be interesting, kid. Um, <laughs> You've so, never taken one of those photos? Come on. <laughs> no. So anyways, um, after that, actually, Harry wakes up and he realizes, oh, my God. But then, and so like he pulls away 
to uh, to drive away and, and Philip chases him. Well, Graham then, at least wait, kept on thinking that something terrible was going to happen. I was like thinking there was something really, really bad. He does happen. punch his brother. He punches his brother, and that's, he, <laughs> that's right it. In the face. He just like gets him, gets socks him once in the face after his brother like choked him out. It's probably like the least like retaliatory action you could do. It's like you choked the life out of me. I'm just gonna pop you one in the face. Um, and as he's driving away, that 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 pitch, the torch carrying mob shows up. The tiki torch. Yeah, the the Charlottesville neo Nazis show up, um, and they chase Santa Claus. And I think like, oh my God, he's gonna run them all down with his van. He doesn't. He turns, and he like goes off a bridge, and his brother falls down the ravine to the water. And he looks up, and he sees the van start to fly away in towards the moon, and then it says like. And to all the good night, yeah. And, and then when the flick of his whip, he, like, he, I forget the end of uh, uh, the, the, the... The night before Christmas. The, night before Christmas. the end of like, the night before Christmas. And then he says... Um, Merry Christmas to all and, and to all the good night. And credits. Yep. And that was Christmas that, Eve. That was where Graham's jaw dropped. Yeah, before. I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is the end of the movie. It is insane how good this is. I love, 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 love this film. Uh, maybe not love, 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 Up but there I, with I like uh, it. Okay, so comparing it to and other slasher films, the Christmas, Christmas slasher films themed that you've horror seen, films that I've seen, uh, Black Christmas, Black Christmas Silent okay. Night, Deadly Night. Here's the thing: Black Christmas is number one all the way because there it is not Christmas Steve number it, one. Yeah, Chris, oh, sorry, it, Black Christmas and Christmas Steve are in a tie. <laughs> that is only a uh, uh, a compliment to Christmas Steve. By the way, everybody should watch Christmas Steve this yes. holiday season. Yeah. We'll, we'll be posting it on social media. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'll include yeah. the Vimeo link and yeah, we'll, 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 yeah. yeah. Watch it twice if you can. Mm-hmm. Try and find out who's naughty or nice. Um, he's making his list. He's checking it twice. <laughs> Gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Christmas Steve is killing your mom. It's a horrible off-color thing that I'm really regretting that I said right now. Um, no, no, it stays in, stays in the podcast. All right, Kit, you you've spoken. Um, so, guys, thoughts on Christmas Evil? Well, uh, Phil, it's your second time watching this film. What did yes. you think? I still really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> what what nuances did you miss the first time? How did you watch it the first time? Was it on the big screen? Was it at home? Oh no, I watched it at home. I rented it, it from uh, Suspect uh, R.I.P. I actually ran into one of the clerks from Suspect today at oh, nice. uh, at Eyesore Cinema. We talked a lot about something weird video. We discussed um, uh, the Zodiac Killer came up, and so did another son of Sam. Okay, skip to the end. Final thoughts on Christmas Evil. Phil. Good times, fun for all. Um, I understand very well why it's John Waters' favorite Christmas movie. Oh, I wish we'd listened to the John Waters uh, commentary on this one. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to listen to it tomorrow. Okay, you, you, you can pipe some of that into, uh, into the podcast. Possibly. I don't know if you're that skilled. <laughs> Not. Um, oh. oh, sorry. The, uh, the, the industrial heater. Uh, the industrial heater just came on in the abandoned uh, video warehouse. Yeah, yeah. So, Kit, what are your final thoughts on uh, Christmas Evil? Uh, I, I liked it. It was. It was fun. It was absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was sort of equal parts kind of depressing, equal parts um, silly, equal parts. Um, I don't want to say ter- it was never terrifying. 
I was a little I, worried I was a little that the kids would the get kids, hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried about the kids getting hurt, but once it became clear that he that wasn't the target, it was just because he was. Remember the scene where he's like creeping, looking in the windows, and then he like puts mud all over his face, and then like plants his he face. Marks the house, yeah. Marks the house. Like that was that was pretty creepy. But um, I don't know. It was uh. It's not something I could recommend to people who I'm yes, like. You should. I wouldn't say like, "Hey, mom, dad, do you want to?" No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> it's not a parental film. No, but uh, that's a unique horror film. I haven't seen a lot of Christmas horror films. I've, I haven't seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. I've not seen Black Black Christmas. Black Christmas so. is so good. It's so good. So Silent Night, Deadly Night is a mean movie. Black Christmas is legitimately terrifying. There was a there was a remake of Black Christmas. Was it terrible? Uh, well, here's the thing. They, it's not terrible, but it's a not. It's not. The problem with that remake is that it's everyone's kind of like referring to it as Black Xmas because they're like we don't want to call this yeah, Black that's Christmas. What it was called on the uh, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to call this Black Christmas because it's not because Black Christmas is such a uh, genre defining moment defining. Like everything. Like when you watch. Uh, like if you watch it, you're like, oh. CanCon too. That was well, CanCon. Yeah, it was Canadian. It was one of the biggest Canadian um, films. Featuring Until Art Porky's, Hindle, I think. yeah, I think it was, Porky's and it was the same director it. as Por- Porky's, and oh, the same director go. of a Christmas, Christmas story. story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did fun. Black Christmas. Fun yeah, fact. yeah, <laughs> this is a heartwarming Christmas movie. <laughs> um, but no, no, the thing about Black Christmas is like, as soon as you see it, you're just like, oh, that's where Halloween came from, the John Carpenter Halloween. Oh, I see. This T-shirt I'm wearing right now. Um, I'm well, still telling you, on the front of your uh, T-shirt is a. I can't even understand the connection. It's, a, it's like a ghost wearing goggles. A ghost wearing glasses. Okay. Looks like goggles to me. Do you remember that scene in Halloween where Michael Myers kills the boyfriend when he comes in to get a beer and puts on the sheet over his head and puts the glasses on and goes up all the girls on the phone and kills her? Vaguely. I've only seen Halloween once, and that was a number of years ago. I know what we're doing next, Halloween. 2018. Watching Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloween, obviously. They, he actually repeated that scene in Rob Zombie's Halloween. I know, not as good. Um, anyways, long story short, Black Christmas, great. Um, uh, Black Xmas, okay. Anyway, uh, all I want to say is I, I enjoyed this film. I don't know if A I lot. enjoyed it more ironically or... Um, I don't know. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to watch is, with this, you guys. Yeah. Christmas spirit is amongst us. Mm-hmm. We were listening to Canadian Christmas Disco earlier. We were listening to Canadian Christmas Disco mm-hmm. earlier. I think mm-hmm. the spirit of Harry is with all of us. Yes. It should be. I can't really add anything else to what you guys said. I enjoyed it as well. I really like the setting and the Christmas and all the decorations and everything. It was just really nice. I don't cozy. know about the technical aspects. Uh, the director of this film, his name is Lewis... Something. 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 Lewis something. It's Lewis something. Jackson, is Lewis it? Jackson. That's, that is what it is. Um, he took your last name and used it as his first name. He took my last name and, and used it as his first name. And he didn't even ask you. He didn't ask me. I what did you asked. think of his direction? Oh, I was I was like I didn't really pay attention to the technical aspects of the film. I'm wondering if uh, like the oh, filmmaker just... in the room um, has something to say about that. But I mm-hmm. think he really enjoyed the film anyway. So they committed to the the music was very it was like downright Kubrickian at times. The musical choices. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just like discordant. Um, yeah. I don't know. I liked or it. Piano music, yeah. 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 Thumbs um, up for me. 
in a in a weird way. For me, it's like it's it's weird. Like I think Christmas films from this era are always because this is back when Christmas was still sincere and cheesy. And I miss I miss that about Christmas. I miss che- Christmas being cheesy because when I was down, uh, my sister was in town and the um, in Toronto visiting, and the bay at uh, Queen and Young Street always has this great Christmas display. And I've been going there every year since I moved to Toronto. And they have these little animatronic, like, setups and dioramas. And it's all very classical home. And it feels... Love that. It feels nice. But they changed it this year. They tried to make it hip. There's a fashion Santa diorama. Oh, that fucking There's, fashion Santa. They, and they, like, they show, like... It's more like scenes of winter majestic minimi. And it's got, like, a sloth in a tree... With snow all around and an owl and a what bunny the, rabbit. What the shit is up with sloths these days? I know. But the worst thing ever is like... They're straight out of the Bible, man. But, but <laughs> the worst thing is like... You remember... There, so there's this one one diorama that used to be there. The sloths visited and, baby Jesus. Yes. Oh, God. This is uh, the King James Version. On the fifth day, the sloths made... No, it would have been the uh, eighth day or something. So anyways, um, they, they, they screwed it up at... at Queen and Young, and because I would go there every year, that was like a tradition since I moved to Toronto back in. Well, Eaton Center and Bay and Bloor used to compete with their yeah. with their window displays. A uh, Bay and Bloor, I said. Um, uh, oh, the oh, the, the e- Eaton's and the Bay, yeah, used to compete. <laughs> Eaton's and but Bay, they, used they to don't compete. anymore. They don't anymore. I know it's sad because there's no Eaton's. And where's Jeff? From today's special. Thank you. I'm I glad. know because the Simpson the Bay overtook the Simpsons department store, which yeah. is where they used to shoot today's special. That's right. So I'm just gonna run through some uh, trivia quickly. Jody and Sam and Muffy Mouse, of course. Yeah, they're all great saints of Toronto. Um, still there, I hope. Still there. Still running it. Always, right? Well, no, Muffy course. would be dead by now because she was just no, a rat. Blasphemy! <laughs> <laughs> no, never. She's there. Sure. Yeah. What was it she used to say? To, oh, Hocus Pocus Alamogocus. They used to bring Sam the Mannequin. Uh, no, life. Jeff the Mannequin a lot. Jody would say that. Hocus Pocus. No, no, no. It was Muffy the Mouse. Right, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, okay, I'm going to run through some trivia quickly. I do, I like, I, I miss old school Christmas. I kind of wanted to spend this Christmas in the city, but I'm not, obviously, because I'm going to visit the family. But, like, I feel that Christmas in a city is always nice, because it just feels like movies from the 1980s that I grew up on in 70s. Um, alright, so, some trivia. When Harry slips on the street running from the mob, he really did slip, and Lewis Jackson left it in the film. Kathleen Turner was turned down for the role as Harry's sister-in-law, so this almost co-starred Kathleen Turner. Wow. How was she turned down? She, I guess, didn't meet the... smaller role for her, probably. No, no, no. They turned her down. She auditioned, and they were like... And they were like, nah. Um, Writer-director Lewis Jackson spent 10 years collecting all the Yuletide props seen in Harry's house. Moreover, it took Jackson... Collection was grand. Mm-hmm. The everything they used. I think this is. I think this is really at least semi-autobiographical. He actually, uh, there was a the European cinematographer Ricardo Aronovich. Um, uh, he wanted him to to use, and he actually flew to Vienna and showed the cinematographer uh, Aronovich storyboards for the movie in order to convince him to do it. It took the success of Halloween in 1978 that allowed this film to be made. It was actually written way earlier, um, but 
Lewis Jackson does not consider this film to be a slasher film. He rather considers it a film that has more in common with Frankenstein. It, yeah, I would agree. It's not really a slasher film. He barely slashes anybody. Yeah. yeah. Although he does slash one guy with the uh, the it's star in a Christmas tree. He really tree. has to type of thing. No, yeah, for sure. Not when he really has to. He no. just slashes it, some people. To him, but, right? Okay. Or, yeah. But but no, but no, like the torch mob. That's like the we're like especially it's we're very the Frankenstein. Yeah. So and it's bad. almost like he was made. Like he's a yeah. monster made by made by consumerism. Okay. Speaking Ooh. of Frankenstein, I've been listening to uh, the you, you must, must remember, remember this. this. Yeah. Uh, the Bella and Boris. Boris series. So good. Yeah. So good. What do you think of Patton Oswalt as Boris Karloff? I enjoy Patton Oswalt's. Uh, he's Boris pretty Karloff. good. Yeah. I like the guy that plays Bela Lugosi. He's very yeah, super over the top. Oh yeah, for sure. I really Much like Bela Lugosi. I, I really wish I'd known the 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 person who made that podcast so I could play Ed Wood. But I, nice. I do like I do like the way that Ed Wood is portrayed. It doesn't sound at all like wow, you killed that beer fast, Kit. Uh, well, uh, Lillian took half of it, so. Yeah, okay. Um. Anyways, last piece of uh, sorry that that yeah okay came up very condescending. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm good. Drinking, I think I'm good. Drinkerson. Unless you want more. So anyways, edit point, edit point, edit point. Um, this is the final piece of trivia, and it's actually a spoiler, and I think this will actually like bring us all down a little bit. While many people think Harry does in fact fly off at the end, he actually just drives off the bridge and kills himself. Oh, An explosion is heard, but people mistake it for the sound effects of Harry's brother rolling down the hill into boxes. I'm going to believe what I believe. Yeah, I believe Harry flies off in the end. I think it's the magic ended, of but... Christmas carries him out into the moon, and uh, he goes to the North Pole, yeah. and, and every year he comes and murders four people, <laughs> but delivers toys to the rest of the children. By the way, did anyone else grow up listening to Neil Diamond's Christmas album? No. <laughs> so my parents, that was like one of our four CDs that we had initially, when we first got the CD player, and the greatest thing ever was like my parents would always kind of like chuckle to themselves when we would put on the Neil Diamond Christmas album, and I didn't realize why until I was in like university, and I was like... Huh, Neil Diamond is Jewish. I first found out about Neil Diamond's Christmas album this week because I was how did this get made? The latest episode was on the jazz singer, the infamous mm-hmm, the jazz mm-hmm. singer. It's Bo- nuts. Bob Dylan's also released a Christmas album, rather recently, actually. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. But Bob Dylan was formerly Christian for quite a while. Yeah, he, 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 he was born and then jumped a, back. A Jewish yeah. man. Yes. Yeah, he switched and then returned. Yeah. But he did have a born again period, which actually was fruitful for him musically, was, but yeah, also strange. Music. Yeah. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to announce our very special New Year's Eve special. Oh, also, I'd like to know your your uh, your favorite non-traditional Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Let's go around there. Well, I think... Was that on... Oh, that wasn't on air. Oh, you, my... You were going to say something. Right. My... Yeah. Uh, you guys go first. No, Phil. no, no. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm with Graham on this one. I'm going to say Black Christmas. But is that non-traditional? Yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to, like, Eyes Wide Shut as a non-traditional Christmas movie, because there's a Christmas... Brightly like Christmas tree in every, it's every single Christmas, scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for Phil, it's Black Christmas, which I agree. I, I'm so in love with that movie. Kit, I saw it for the first time last year. I was like, "That's so oh, good." No, we can't. Maybe not. We on, should not, not on the podcast, but we will. Um, Kit, Kit, you went with Eyes Wide Shut. I had a better answer to this earlier, and I can't remember it now because I've had too many Blood Brothers. Lillian, what's your favorite? Uh, like, not uh, not Die Hard. Not, don't say Die Hard. Everyone says that. I know. Yeah, don't do it. I'll think about it. I mean, we're going to do a Christmas month, right? This is a Christmas episode. This is a Christmas month. <laughs> we're going to stretch it out to the month, right? 
I don't think we can because oh, I'm four episodes behind. Unless we put this out, unless I delay, unless I delay Christmas. No, no, but unless I delay uh, true crime until January. Well, we already started true crime though. That's the point. No. <laughs> um, okay. Christmas is just such a great time, and I'm looking forward to it. And um, I don't know. It's just good. It's nice to see on the screen and. Like, for example, tonight, you guys were kind of like, oh my god, what are these kids doing up? It's, like, so late. And I was like, no, this is this is pretty much how it was. You're, like, boogieing down with, mm-hmm. the, with, the, with the adults, right? Yeah. The adults are all, like, drunk. Kind of, like, already drunk, and they're like, ah, I'm not going to bother with putting the kids to bed. And they just kind of dance, let the kids dance. They'll sleep for a week. Yeah, it's fine. So do you have a uh, favorite non-trad Christmas uh, oh. move? Like kind of like what Kit said, like Christmas is in the background. Yeah, basically. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I really like Christmas Vacation. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's so many. There's so many. Yeah. Mine is Ed Wood, which has no scenes actually set at Christmas, um, but it's so. Growing up in Newfoundland, we're all familiar with uh, NTV. None of you guys here, but the people that grew up in Newfoundland. And, like, I was growing up while the originator, the creator, was still alive, Jeff Sterling, who was, for lack of a better term, a bit eccentric. And that's putting it mildly. Like, he created his own universe of superheroes back in 1979, featuring Captain Atlantis, a.k.a. Captain Newfoundland, and Captain Canada, which most of their uh, their issues were about transcendental meditation. So it got a bit psychedelic. Um, his television network, NTV, would frequently um, show animation tributes or festivals overnight. Uh, they were actually the first overnight uh, nonstop programming channel in North America. They still don't show infomercials because he didn't believe in them. But Christmas morning, the year 2000, me and my sister, are, my family is visiting Newfoundland for Christmas. This is after we've moved to Nova Scotia. 6 a.m., the Christmas morning movie on NTV. What was it? Was it... It's a Wonderful Life, Santa Claus the Movie, um, Christmas Vacation. No, it was Ed Wood. Ed Wood, that was the first time I saw that movie. And it, I loved it. So whenever I think of Ed Wood, or whenever Christmas rolls around, it's in black and white, it's set in the 50s. It, to me, is my favorite Christmas movie. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I just realized that I named a really Christmassy movie for non- traditional mm-hmm. Christmas that we're supposed to break. Um, I remember seeing Hook in the theaters on Christmas Day when it nice. came out. And that was kind of special. Hook is a Christmas movie. It's set during Christmas. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it's, it's Christmas at the Darling yeah. House, yeah. Okay. Adult Peter Pan, yeah. They're, uh, they're celebrating Christmas. Okay. I can't think of the movie oh, that I was originally thinking of. I'll just say Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because it's, That's a, a, good it's, one a, too. it's a damn good film that mm-hmm. is also set at Christmas. Pretty much all Shane Black films are set at Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Lethal Weapon, uh, the, the Nice Guys, Iron Man 3. I'm sure this new Predators film is going to be set at Christmas as well. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Probably The Last Boy Scout, I don't know. Yeah, another Christmassy movie. I could be making that up, I don't know. But you know what? It's it's smart to set films at Christmas because there's like so much great decoration already mm-hmm. there, like the garland, the trees, the lighting. It all gets very. The set deck is great. The implications of Christmas, right? Exactly. It's supposed to be 
It's supposed to be when we're all like joyful, full and joyful, and well, Eyes Wide Shut is a pretty good version yeah. of that because it's but just we're all such a naughty film, miserable and sad and lonely, and just want to end it all. And Tom Cruise doesn't get laid once. I know that's the cosmic joke of that film. <laughs> Sexiest man alive can't get a woman. So on that note, we're gonna say to go out into the, this dark, snowy evening. Bundle yourself up warm. Have yourself some cocoa. Eat that pot of gold chocolate. Be with your loved ones. Raise a glass of eggnog or some alcoholic beverage to good cheer, peace on earth, goodwill towards everyone. And have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. So that is Death by Video. I've been Phil. I'm Christmas Kit. <laughs> Christmas Kit. I love it. Um, mistletoe Lil. Ah, uh, excellent. And I have been your Yuletide Graham. Jolly Saint Graham. Wishing you all a good night. <laughs>